O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways. Bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Genesis. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars. If you're able to count them. And then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But Abraham said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? The Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, three years old a female goat, three years old, a ram, three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. 
Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears, their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Some Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Our reading today from Genesis was understood by our spiritual ancestors and I believe ought to be understood by us as a very primitive text. If you notice, Abram has yet to undergo the name change that will make him someone new, someone in covenant with this mysterious God who has come to him We also have this primitive vision of a covenant made in the ways of ancient sacrifice. It's meant to be visceral, vivid, even a little grotesque. It is as if Abram is saying to Yahweh, this is what will happen to you if you break this covenant. 
you will be like these animals cut into pieces before you. Both our Jewish and our Christian ancestors understood this text as foundational to the understanding of the way God has committed to us. And as we all know from reading the news this week, that commitment was sorely tested amongst our sisters and brothers in Christ Church and throughout the Islamic world. We were confronted again with a very old evil. An evil that manifested very early in our tradition when anti-Semitism began to raise its head in organized Christianity. An evil that often led to the Crusades an evil that manifested in the 19th century as a sort of pseudoscience about race and dominated our sense of manifest destiny in this country. An evil that manifested in fascism in mid-20th century Europe. An evil that still lives and dwells among us. It's not something we can simply export to the past, or pretend it doesn't exist here. It's systemic, it's insidious, and it persists. And yet, like the threat that is brought to Jesus today, we are called to persist as well, to resist to offer that same resilience that Jesus offers in the face of his opponents, the Pharisees, who maybe for a moment are sort of his allies because the Pharisees didn't like Herod much either. Or perhaps they've come to engage in a little bit of schadenfreude because they know what Jesus knows, and that is that he's next on the hit list John the Baptist, if you remember, was killed by Herod, kind of on a whim. Jesus knows he's next, but Jesus says, you tell that fox, like a fox in the hen house, that his agenda is not God's agenda. Come to do the work of healing. And I must go where I must go, he says. And the real threat is not from the oppressors and those who work acts of violence. The real threat comes from the place that's supposed to be safe, Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets. Jerusalem, which has captivated us for millennia, not just us as Christians, but our Jewish sisters and brothers and our Islamic sisters and brothers as well. The city of peace, 
more a vision than a reality, more a dream than something we have yet realized. And yet it persists, a calling shared. The Islamic Center here in Mill Valley hosted a vigil on Friday evening right after their prayers, and hundreds of people came and gathered. And the media were there, along with civic officials. I met one of our police officers, whom I learned used to attend here as a youth. I talked briefly with a new friend of mine, Rabbi Paul Steinberg from Kol Shafar, He's been there for about a year and a half. And he spoke to the crowd gathered. And he brought up a story from the rabbinical tradition in which one of the ancient rabbis was asked, why is it, teacher, why is it, rabbi, that God made one human being at the beginning? Just one. The rabbi responded, because God wanted us to understand that in one human being is all of humanity. And for that reason, if one human being dies, all of humanity dies. And God loves each of us individually, infinitely, just as God loves the whole of the human family. And the leadership of the Islamic Center, which had gathered in solidarity with our Jewish sisters and brothers after the attack on the synagogue in Pittsburgh, said yes, This is how we understand it as well. This is what our ancient teachings tell us. And of course, this is what we are meant to understand as well. Jesus, the Christ, reminds us that just as all of humanity is precious, so is one soul, infinitely precious in God's eyes. And it is in that moment of mutual understanding of the three Abrahamic faiths that we see the deep wisdom and our calling in the face of such horrific proportions. We can barely comprehend it. That is the deep root that we share. And it is from that root that we draw on the resources of compassion and justice and hope that gives us resilience, that gives us the capacity to knit back the fabric where it has been torn, to show up for one another, to be in solidarity together, 
to understand that like Jesus, in the face of a mortal enemy, we say, no. Our calling is to do the works of mercy we have been called to do. To be here one day and there the next, and go there on the third day, and confront Jerusalem. Even death itself. Because we are called, like our brothers and sisters of Islam and our Jewish sisters and brothers, to be living reminders that Jerusalem writ large, not just that city in the Middle East, but Jerusalem in our hearts has not yet attained its calling. That we have yet to realize the city of peace. And that one of the reasons we gather as houses of faith is to build that city together with determination, solidarity, and above all with that love, that love that was planted in that covenant, that ancient holy thing that God was willing to give Abram. Abram who had no hope for a future. Abram who thought his line ended with him is in fact the seed, just as we believe Christ is a seed planted in our midst, even in the midst of grief, great loss and suffering, a seed that will grow up and become a people, a people called to be citizens of that great city, Yerushalem, the city of peace. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.